podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, here we go. It's the Combine Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to another match preview to have a little chat about tomorrow's game against Chelsea in the league. But um, I'm joined by well, I'm Mick first and foremost. I'm joined by joined by Jay, joined by Tim, and I'm joined by um, that famous fella down bottom left, Matty Ramirez. Good old pink shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, boys, we're gonna um, before we start, we're gonna an ode to the the fellas. Jay goes to the um, to the game with. It's called the two minute bottle. We're we're gonna start doing this before every game. Just like a random question, just to kick it off and get the the uh, the old juices flowing. So um, the question is, and it's from Paul Dennison on Twitter, who's a fucking legend of a fella. The question is, I'm gonna come to Jay first because I think Jay Jay's seen it and Jay's got a, a ready made answer for it. The question is. There is a Japanese billionaire offering to take people on a trip to the moon for free. Would you go? And if so, why? Yeah, so 100% I would go to that. That is right up my street. Uh, quite a big uh, big fan of the space programme, if I'm honest. I think some of the stuff that we've achieved as a, as a species has been incredible. So, yeah, to imagine fucking standing on the moon and taking a fucking selfie. That would be incredible. So, yeah, just I, I, I just wish the question was, you know, in, in like before 2011 when the space shuttle still existed because fucking riding on that thing would have been incredible but yeah like you'd go for free wouldn't you of course you fucking would chance to go to the moon absolutely I'd be done Matthew over to you nah that's billionaire offering something for free that stinks of some personal Hunger Games shit that he's going to wind us all up into so nah road trust rich people offering something for free <laughs> okay he's not going Tim are you no. going yeah, I, I would go, but I would have exactly what Matt said in the back of my mind, I must admit. And, uh, yeah, it, it's an opportunity I definitely wouldn't be able to turn down. Um, but, but as Matt said, it would be, until I got there and got back, it would be on the back in the back of my mind that, oh, my God, am I going to be handed a spear and told to kill absolutely everyone <laughs> on this fucking ship? Fair enough. Mick? Uh, I've been toying with this, you know. It's been, um, it's been racking my brains, but I think... I think I'm agreeing with with uh, with Martin Martin Tim to be honest. I think I'd be like, well, what's going to happen when you fucking get there? Is an alien going to just jump out and start fucking ravaging me everywhere? Or what's what? We'd happen? love it. I would, but um, depends what um, how how gently we're. But um, yeah. Oh well, looks, looks like I'm going on the own then, boys. I'll give you the fucking finger from the moon, <laughs> or I might or I might get a finger on the moon. Whatever, you know. <laughs> Most definitely, Most definitely mm. an extra long, an extra long green finger. Coming your do. way. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Paul. Though we appreciate it, mate. Yeah, belt of that, love that. But uh, boys, we'll just jump straight in then to um, the latest press conference today from good old Jurgen Klopp. Uh, some relevant news: um, Alison, Yotta, Fabinho, <coughs> Kata, Ben Davis, and Milner all trained. Yotta only part, obviously, after his his illness. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at Weezy's <laughs> comment. Mick might find an alien Tiago, then he'd be okay. He absolutely would. One yeah. that that you know what? That's really that just calls for Mick a gram. There we go. There we go. It's up there. There's any alien Tiagos out there? Fucking, you've got me digits coming your way. Brilliant. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Go on press conference. 
yeah, press conference, loads, all the big fellas are back in training. Um, but Hotter, obviously, Klopp said that, obviously, he only, he only was only involved in part yesterday, and it's kind of touch and go whether he'll, he'll be involved tomorrow, and especially after his illness, and then coupled with the fact that he's been injured. But even having him on the bench tomorrow, it will be huge, won't it, Jay, in terms of having him back in the squad and being able to call upon him in such a... It, which has turned out to be quite a big game in the race for the top four, unfortunately. I'm, I'm quite sad to be saying that, but that, that's what it is at the moment. Yeah, exactly, mate. Any time uh, Diogo Jota's coming back, is you know it's always been a false dawn. We expected him back way before this, but yeah, it will be good. But it's the fact that he said, you know, he's he's available with the squad and you know not really the team. He claps very clever with his word in the way he puts things. Yeah. So maybe I'm reading too much into that, but. I think with him not playing uh, the other day, I think he's he's, he's nailed on to, to appear at the game anyway because he has the training has been good. So yeah, massive massive boost if he if he comes back. And I think like what Matt has just said there, for all our defensive issues, Jot has probably been missed probably more than most. And it's it's a really good point because no one in the right mind expected Jota to have the impact that he did. We all we all knew he was a great talent and a great player, but you know it was a case of. He'd been playing a different side. Could he do it? And he's been brilliant. A breath of fresh air. Really threatened. Um, yeah, so can't wait to see that number 20 shirt back on the pitch, even if it's just for five minutes. <laughs> Hopefully it's a lot longer than that. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I think we all got into our head, didn't we, for the um, for the last game that he was going to start or at least have half an hour. Then obviously he had this illness, whatever it was. But yeah, even just on the bench, coming off as an option if we need him, last half an hour would be fucking quality. But uh, another thing that... Klopp got asked about, which is quite a good question, and it kind of been it's been floating around on uh, social media this week is about the position of Fabinho and where he'll come back in one if if he is fit and ready, which I imagine he will be after not playing in the last game as well. But I put a little poll up on Twitter about this about where you'd put him back in. Would you put him in at centre half or would you put him in a, as DM? And the poll said got seven hundred and fifty replies, which isn't too bad. Twenty seven percent said centre half. And seventy three said DM. Um, thoughts on that, uh, Matt? Do you agree with the seventy three percent over overarching winner? Yeah, I mean, I was the, the the first reply to your little poll, so I got the joy of seeing a hundred percent DM <laughs> <laughs> at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, if he comes back or when he comes back, I want to see him at DM. Will we see him at DM? Probably not. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him there, but if he is fit this week, I imagine he'll be at centre-back, probably partnering uh, Phillips, I imagine. I don't think Klopp will risk a new partnership against Chelsea. I think I'm pretty sure that Fabinho and Phillips will play together. So if he is back and ready to start, then I can't see him anywhere but centre-back, but I want him in the midfield. Tim, would you agree with that? I'd certainly want to see him in the midfield. I agree that if, if he does start, he's probably likely to to replace Kabak or Phillips in, in the back line. Um, I do think, however, that Kabak and Phillips have, have shown us enough to warrant him starting them in a big game and giving them a chance, especially because the way things are going in the Premier League at the moment, it doesn't feel like anything's going to bounce our way. So a game against Chelsea is, you know, it's it's risky that it could go, it could go south. So I would, I would like to see him throw the kitchen sink at them. Especially, you know, considering our, our current form and their current form, because we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, I think that we. I mean, we talked about it before. I, I think that Fabinho in the midfield is key against a side like Chelsea because Chelsea are run through their midfield. 
Kante is probably the most important player. And I think you need someone on the opposite side of the field playing that position that is as good, if not better than him at that job. So I, I would like to see him uh, in the midfield. And I think he'd, he'd be key in that role. Jay, might as well come to you as well. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, what the lad said, mate, without without repeating it. Um, I, I agree with Matt Thorley. He needs to be playing in, mid, in midfield. But like Tim said, the, there's a warrant there to, to play Kavak and Phillips. And if you're going to get some some type of consistency in that defensive line, and this is probably the time to start doing that at the end of the day. It's like, what's the fucking worst that could happen? But at the end of the day, if if we end up getting beat by Chelsea or we draw, then the, and he plays uh, Fabinho in the midfield and he plays those two and it doesn't work out, then it's, it, it's, it's not going to work out either way for, for Klopp. He's going to get the abuse either way. So, um, But we do lose a lot when Fabinho is in that midfield. So again, I would definitely just get him in the midfield because we need it as strong as possible. To be fair, I'd be quite interested to see if, if Fabi does come back in the midfield because we, we did sort of change our shape a bit against Sheffield, especially over in possession. It was more of a three-five-two. Yeah, it was. Would that do you reckon that mean Thiago would be free to go a bit further up? Genie comes down. Do we drop Curtis Jones? How do you reckon it works for him to be new back in? Um, I would probably say. Uh, if you put Fabinho in the midfield, I think Gino and Alden still weren't in a place for him because Klopp was very complimentary about when Alden wasn't he, in his presser and the, yeah. the, what he said about it was was quite interesting, really. And that I, I've seen quite a few people on Twitter go a bit nuts about it, which which made me laugh. Um, Klopp, but again, yeah. you, you go on, go on, Mick. Sorry, Jay, I'm just I'm just trying to head you off because that's going to be my next little segue. On go for that. it, go for it. Let's move on to that. We said enough about Fabinho. Go for it. Um, yeah, but Gavin's sorry, Jay. Uh, Gavin's just came in there saying I'd leave the centre backs as Chef United to get the midfield as strong as possible, which is yeah. Um, it's that's I mean you can like like you said, Jay. There's there's pros and cons for both, isn't he? Because if he goes fab at the back and then we lose, it's like oh we need the, we need that steal in midfield. If he doesn't do that and we end up losing, I think if he puts in midfield and we end up losing, I think there's less to moan about because we're trying to get people back into the natural positions. And if we still end up losing the game, then shit happens. You know what I mean? And, and we're not that good at home at the moment, so it's kind of playing into Chelsea's hands a little bit. But um, Dan's also just came in with Werner's pace versus Phillips scares me. Fabiano, Fabinho is only just back from muscle problems, so I don't really want him having too many sporadic sprints chasing Werner. It's difficult to decide. The only thing that makes me want to put Fabinho back into into the fence is the the game at uh, Stamford Bridge where Fabinho. I was really worried about the Fabinho against Werner, and I mean. I don't think Fabinho's got that much more pace than Phillips, if I'm honest. Fabinho's just got really good um, positional sense, hasn't he, in terms of where he needs to be. But, yeah, it is an interesting one. I mean, Klopp was quite, like you said, Jay's quite guarded in his press conference nowadays. So you can't... I think they were trying to tease an answer out of him, weren't they? And he just weren't having yeah. it. But, um, another thing... Well, that... Let's just on that, Mick. You've, you've made a really good point there, obviously, having Fabinho there because he played really well against Chelsea. He only played there because he had to. Now, yeah. when we look at it from the flip side perspective, if we put Phillips at the back, we've still got Fabinho sat in front of Phillips. So what we have been missing is that lack of you know, intensity in midfield where the ability to win the ball back. And that's the only thing is we are getting at, we are getting got at in defence, if that makes sense, that's the correct English, because our midfield is not winning as many balls as it usually is because we've been missing Hendo and Fabinho. So even if we have got Phillips, and Dan does make a good point, if we've got Phillips and Kabak at the back, we've still got Fabinho in front of him. So we could, you know, the ball might not get that far. Yeah, yeah, I'm not with the Werner thing. Though, I'm not too bothered about it because um, Werner's uh, role in the Chelsea team sort of switched since Tuchel's come in. He's more of a yeah. winger. 
uh, an inverted left winger now, and they're usually going with either Abraham or Giroud up top, and and that's more of an aerial threat. And I think they'd rather Phillips at the back to deal with Giroud and, and Abraham, like he did so well against Haller for West Ham before he went to Ajax. Um, I, I feel like Trent can deal with with Timo, and then if Werner does get away, just Phillips just needs to take him out. That's it. Um, I'd rather the height because it's, it's probably going to be a big man up top. That's at least what we've seen for the last five games from Chelsea. So I'm not too bothered about Werner. Well, I mean, the one thing I would say is that Werner's kind of fallen out of favour, you know, since the new manager's come in. He's not really played, and he's the last Chelsea game I watched. The, you know, he, the bit the big game against Man United. He didn't come on till the 80th, 80th minute, 82nd minute, something like that, trying to change a game. Um, so he seems to be stuck with the idea of playing Giroud or and Abraham didn't even make the squad for the for the game and he's fully fit. So he seems to have his uh, his mindset on, on keeping Giroud up front. And for me, I think Phillips is probably the best matchup with him. I think he's Giroud has little to no pace about him and is more of an aerial threat than than most in the Premier League. I think Nat Phillips is probably the most dominant aerial defender we have on in the side outside of um outside of Van Dyke, who obviously isn't around. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, we were just talking, you guys were just talking there about the um, kind of like the, the change in tactic and, and switching to a 3-5-3 uh, at one point, 3-5-3, 3-5-2. And the thing for me is if, if, if you, because uh, Trent was dropping in for the right and uh, covering for the centre-backs and helping out and forming that three, if we pushed Fabinho into the into the midfield, he could then drop into the, in between the two centre-backs and allow Trent to to get down that right-hand side, which would, uh, you know, allow a little bit more of a balance going forward for the for the side. Because I think Trent was super going forward against Sheffield United. I'd, I'd like to see more of him in, in advanced positions again. He seems to be really hitting a stride with form again. And you can tell what what a difference that makes to the side when he's when he's on it rather than, you know, slightly off the pace. And for me, I, I, I want to see as, as Trent as much as possible in the opposition half. I don't want to see him defending. So I would play Fabi in the midfield and, and have him drop back to a three when we're attacking and uh, see Trent and Robbo, but you know, bursting down the wings. The other thing that we saw a big difference with was the amount of guys that were going, getting into the box, the runs into the area from the midfielding at Sheffield United. But for the first time in months, we saw three, four, five guys attacking a ball in the area when the, when a ball was coming in from the wing. And that's something we've been lacking. So it, it was really, really good to see. And I wouldn't like to take that away for the sake of trying not to concede against Chelsea. Yeah, very true, mate. I agree with all of that. To be honest, I mean, it's it's it is going to be an interesting matchup, and I, I do think they might alter. I mean, like you said, they've been playing a big man up top. Uh, I think that might change though for um, for this game. I, I do expect them to start throwing a bit of pace in behind to try and upset it, what is a, a patched up backline. And we've got we are severely lacking pace there. So I imagine that he might Tommy Tommy uh, Tommy K might uh, change his. Um, is his ideas, but uh, Dan's just popped in. The uh, mobility running off Giroud in behind is my worry. Tuchel mentioned Werner as being rested ahead of our game. I think they'll rotate their front three. Didn't yeah, know that. I, I, I agree, mate. Like but um, what you were just touching on there, Jay, in terms of what Klopp was saying today, and it was quite interesting to hear him speak about it. Um, he was talking about, obviously, the Fabinho question, where Fabinho might come back into play. And he said that the most consistent player so far this season is Genie Wijnaldum. Is that what you were going to say, Jay, on your little bit before? Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to get your your guys' opinion on if you agree with that or not. Do you, do you agree with that, Jay, that Genie Wijnaldum has been our most consistent player this season? 
I don't know. Half, half my brain is deleted this season out of my head, so I'm just like trying to forget everything that's happened uh, after Crystal Palace <laughs> um, or Aston Villa um, or Everton uh, at Goodison. I think after that, I just went, no, nah, I don't know. Um, he's been one of them, maybe not the most consistent, because I think Andy Robbo's been fantastic in every game he's played, um, barring a couple of others, but you know he's always put in a, a decent performance. But again, it, it's hard, isn't it, given the run of results that have been. It's who has been consistent, who hasn't been. So I don't know if that if there's an underlying factor there of the genuine album compliment because we've heard stories, haven't we, this week that he could be staying. And then there's been another rumor about Inter Milan throwing in, thrown in for the works for genuine album. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a hidden a hidden thing. I think when Alden's played well uh, in the games he has played, where we have seen a performance, but there's, I don't know. It, you can't really say anyone's been consistent, can you, given the way the results have been? I don't know if I'm being blinded there or Klopp's being blinded, I don't know. But I, just, I don't know, I don't have to take that one. What about you, Lot? Um, I mean, he's been consistently slowing down the attack. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, no, he's been, he's been semi-consistent. Like He, he, hasn't, he hasn't had a... I can't remember a stinker. And he has played most of our games. Uh, I think in terms of consistency, we don't take into consideration how many games he's played. I think that Phillips should be up there because I generally think whenever he's played, he's been brilliant. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, that's a good point, Matt. Matt, that's a really good point you've just raised. There. It's like the amount of games, and like you said, if you are one of those players that's playing almost every game, maybe it's that level of consistency. Yeah. That, that's what he means. You know, it might not be the, the sake of consistent performance but the fact that he's an ever-present in the side that might be where he's coming from because it's yeah. caused a bit of stir hasn't it today Matt where people have gone yeah but he's, he's not done this and he's not done that or he's done this and he's done that it might be just the fact that he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet yeah he's one of the only ones that's managed to stick fit um, he's doing a lot of jobs in midfield some that's going on notice I suppose um, I was listening to I think it was the Redmen earlier this week and then they said something on the lines of when uh, when you don't notice Wayne Alden, that's when he's doing a good job. Um, Same with Hendo. And agree, I, I agree with that. There is times where he frustrates you during a game because he does a couple spins and holds the ball for too long. But but for the most part, he just goes about his business and he's done a good job deputising as the number six, which isn't an easy an easy role to do. So uh, I get yeah. where he's coming from, um, but I, I think it has to be like you say, a starting eleven sort of consistency based as opposed to performances. Well, Gary Neville's been very complimentary today, hasn't he, Mick? Um, yeah. He did the, he did like a, a Q&A and someone asked mm-hmm. him who's the most underrated player in the league and he said Genie Wijnaldum. So to come from a mank who doesn't like us, that's quite a compliment, isn't it, Mick? It is and I think he's he's one of those players because he's not flashy. He's not like, uh, he's he's not, I don't know, I think there's, it's, the, it's the FIFA generation again, isn't it? If you're not absolutely... Usain Bolt fast, or you haven't got a lightning bolt of a strike on you, or you're not like split the defense with a one pass like Coutinho could, or whatever, something like that. Like a quality that is clearly there that you can see, then it, you don't get valued as much. I feel like in, in, in this day and age, it's you, you, Genie is just like so well rounded and everything. Like in the last game where he was just bombing forward from like from the sixth position and just driving us forward, that was just. You don't really see that getting praised, and it was it was terrific at times the way he was doing that and the way he holds off players. Yeah, but um, I think I Neville said something else, didn't he? About about Trent, like the best right back, and if he sorts out his defensive game, he could be the best right back England. In the Premier League. I think he said. Well, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I think it was. It was England's ever seen. So 
you know, I think Gary Neville knows he's the best right back that like England's ever seen, hasn't he? So uh, it's quite a compliment. Fucking hell. But I, th- I think personally as well, Trent's been defensive side has been better lately as well. I feel like he has been putting his foot in a bit more. I don't know what you guys think on that. I think he, he when he's getting one-on-one, you do feel a bit more at ease than we used to. And I think that just, come, that, that just comes with age. He's still a kid, isn't he, at the end of the day? Yeah. It's bit, it feels like he's been around for ages. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I was going to say the one thing that maybe plays plays a part in that is, is the fact that he knows he doesn't really have faith in the guys behind him when he's taking a guy one-on-one to, to cover him. So maybe he's he's concentrating a little bit harder because he knows he can't really afford to make a mistake. Um, but yeah, he's, he's certainly made, made an improvement on that side of the pitch and it's, it is it is part of his development. It As, as Jay was saying, it, it feels like he's been, been around forever, but you know, he's, he's still a kid at the end of the day. You know, this, this guy hasn't even hit his prime as a man. You know, he'll hit that at the age of 26. He's He's years away from being the best athlete he can possibly possibly be. So, I'm the fact that he can only get better is is a very very scary thought. And you know he he could build on his game and um, yeah it become quite the uh, as, as Jay likes to term it baller. Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! It is what it is, Jay. He's a he's a baller in the UCL. You can fuck. Uh, we left out the U. We left out the U. It's the CL apparently. Oh, is it just the CL? Sorry, Matthew. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down with the kids. <laughs> it's just the CL, according to MM. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's start calling Mick MM. Let's start calling Mick MM from now on. <laughs> I have to go and get me fucking cap then. Put it on backwards like you then if I'm going to do that. Yeah, 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 Dan's comment there. I think I said on here months ago that Genius Pass was the most underrated player in Premier League history. He's pretty much world-class in four different positions are great for club and country. That is such a fucking good statement, that. That's a really good statement. Dan, I dare you to look back at all the shows that you've been on, mate, and try and find out where you said that because I'm just, I want to frame that footage and it'll go in like the, the Copite Hall of Fame in terms of comments and footage. Because he's right, though, isn't he? At the end of the day, he is one of the most underrated players. And it's, it's yeah. I'll be sad when he does leave, put it this way, because it's looking more likely he is leaving. I'll be very, very gutted to see uh, his, uh, his number five shirt, you know, gone. Yeah. I think he's, he's gone, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's had that Coutinho Suarez thing where he's been given the armband a couple of times. So <laughs> I know he's part of the leadership group, but whenever I see a player rumored to leave where the armband, it's. It's kind of written the stars that they're off. <laughs> I think with uh, with these type of players, you only realise how much you rely on them and once they're gone. I think that's the exact same thing we'll feel like with Ginny Wijnaldum. He's literally the perfect club player, uh, and we will we will definitely miss that. But uh, boys, we're getting on to twenty two minutes, here and we've got a few questions coming up. Um, obviously, um, start with starting eleven, go score, score predictions, and then we'll come on to what Ali has just asked for there. Line of predictions and also what you said in the chat there, Jay, about we will come to our best memories of the, of this game. But so we'll start with we'll start with starting eleven predictions first, please. We Matthew. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with what I want to see. So we'll go Ali, Trent, Kavak, Phillips, Robo, uh, Fabi, Genie, Tiago, and then the front three. Okay, cool. Tim. Um, 
You see, the, the problem with this is, right, is that as much as I want Fabi to move back into the midfield, because I it, what I want to see is, is what Matt just said, but I think that Jones's form and the way he's been playing recently makes it really, really difficult to exclude him from a starting 11 right now. So I would like to see, I think, that starting 11, but I, I wouldn't be upset if... Jones started and Fabinho came on into the midfield because at the same time I don't want us to run Fabinho into the into the ground straight away again and him him pop up with another muscle issue for the third time this year already. So if it takes Fabi a half an hour in the midfield and we just make a change uh, for Jones, but either of the same starting eleven, but either of those guys starting, I think I think will do the job. Yeah, Jay. Uh, yeah, pretty, not too much different from Matt, really. Um, pleased that uh, Alisson's back in. I, I can't believe that he's back in the side, you know, and, and fair play to him. And for those of you that haven't read uh, Klopp's programme, uh, the programme notes to, to Ali are, are absolutely fantastic. So I do encourage anybody to get a copy of that programme. Uh, please do. Um, yeah, so I would, lo- I would love to see a, a Kabak and Phillips centre-back partnership. I'd love to see Thiago playing with Fabinho to give him a bit more licence to go forward uh, and then for you to have a few more orgasms, Mick, that would be that would be pretty cool for you to see Thiago. Uh, I'd like to see Thiago get an assist, I'll be honest. Um, I think that will put a lot of a lot of stuff in I just fucking, I fucking love that. Um, and do you know what, mate? I want to see Jota starting, I really do. I, he won't start, but uh, you know, if if Klopp threw a, a sort of a, a curveball in there, started Jota, that would be incredible. But he won't. But I'd love to see Jota on on that pitch for at least half an hour. Mick, over to you. Anything different? No, I can. I agree completely with you, boys. Um, cool. So, so we'll we'll leave that one there. Fair enough. So, I mean, that is fit. Anyone got him starting? You know, Klopp loves a curveball. It's a good shout. No, but I, I can't see it. I can't, yeah, I can't see it only because he he'll want to keep it as much as it was the last game. I feel like that'll be the only thing. And if we, it's it, we're asking too much for them to go right. Fabinho in midfield, and especially like like Tim said, you can't really drop Curtis Jones at the moment. That it's going to be very difficult to do that. But Genie can't be dropped because he's going to be the captain. Milner's not going to start, is he? So Genie's going to play and captain, and you've got. Um, He's in the six, and then it's either obviously Jones or Thiago or Fabinho in there. So it's, and then Kate is kind of an afterthought at the moment, up until the point he starts playing himself back into team and back into form. You can't really expect him to see him apart from uh, maybe like half an hour cameos. Maybe we've seen him for ten minutes in the last game, so might see him for a bit longer um, tomorrow, hopefully. But the more he plays, the better it is for us because he is great to carry the ball forwards and, and creating stuff. So that could be a shout. You boys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, Sam, score predictions. Score predictions, come on, Jay. Uh, 2 1 Liverpool. <laughs> Tim? I, I was originally going to go with 2 1 as well, actually, so I'll, I'll stick with that. I think it's going to be a fairly close one. Matthew? 1 1. Fair enough, mate. Fair yeah. enough. Is that is that one one Bobby Firmino hat trick still or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be a hat trick of disallowed goals, and then it'll be big uh, Ozan Maldini in the ninety third minute with bullet header. <laughs> I can't wait for the day if Bobby gets a hat trick, you know, because you are gonna absolutely yeah, yeah. your pants. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Mick, what's yours? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for two one as well. Like we can't. We, 
can't keep a clean sheet to fucking save our lives. And I, I do fancy us to beat these. Yeah. Dan's just popped in there saying math 1-1. One, one. Oh, come on, boy. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't you surprise me. Go, go grab a 1-0 win and a clean sheet now just because you've all said I can't keep a clean sheet. Like, yeah. uh, listen, let's do that every week. If I, if I have to put a tenner on Liverpool to lose every week and then they end up winning, fucking let's all be it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, but yeah, so the last part of the, the show um, to, to tonight, boys, is sort of like... So it's thing that we want to start doing with every fixture because obviously when we do the thumbnails, uh, the background image of our thumbnails for the shows, they have got memories of the fixture. So what I want to do now is just go around the table now, uh, table, whatever, you know, because we're at a round table, uh, and think of your best Chelsea memories of, uh, at Anfield. So obviously there's quite a few to choose from uh, and I'm going to pick on young Matthew first for his best Chelsea memory at Anfield. So... I think I know what it's going to be, but Matthew, yeah. take it away. What is your favourite memory of Liverpool versus Chelsea at Anfield? All right, you were close with your guess. Was I? Oh, yeah. so it's not that it's one. Close. Okay, it's, it, it's it was almost Torres's Torres's home debut against Chelsea, where he where he blasted past Tal Ben Haim because I'll never know how he played for Chelsea. But um, who was... Torres or Ben Haim? <laughs> 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 Oh, okay. I was in love with Torres at that point, but <laughs> I, I was when he scored the double against Chelsea the year he left, um, ah. where he bounced it over Czech and then curled one in. And we were having a shocking season. I think Chelsea were top. And I remember watching with my Chelsea mate and his family, and they were all like, oh, we're going to smash you, we're going to smash you. And then Torres just popped up out of doing nothing all season, just did that. And I was like, ah, ah. Yeah, but again, when you, it's no oh, mate, you're absolutely it's a great memory. And like you said, for that point, you're giving you know your Chelsea mates a load of shit. For me, with that, that that just sums up how much he pissed me off at the time because he hadn't played well. He plays mm. Chelsea, bangs two in, and then within a month he's playing for him. It was sort of like, hi, I'm here, come yeah. by me, and that's the only thing that like don't get me wrong, I, I love Torres. Don't get me wrong, and I loved everything he did. I just thought that was weird. That I, although it's a great performance, that second goal, Matt, was fucking stunning. Yeah, it, it really was. I remember the celebration as well, the little knee slide skid thing, and then Cat was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true." Fair enough, mate. No, it was a good memory. It is a good memory. Uh, Tim, what about you, mate? I'm actually going to go with the uh, Torres debut. I think that it was the the start of a period of a three-year stint where Liverpool were one of the like most exciting teams to watch game in, game out. And just the the connection that, that Torres and Gerrard almost instantly had was superb. So for me, it was it was that just because it, it, it started a period of football where I was at the time starting to actually take football quite seriously. And watching Gerrard and Torres was was brilliant week in week out. So that that for me was the start of a, an era that I won't forget. And the kits were gorgeous. So that's it. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got the big man on the back though. Got the big yeah. man on the back. <laughs> Signed and handed to me personally, which I will show you that that uh, I'll show you that picture later, boys. Mate, great, great, uh, great memory that of Liverpool v Chelsea. And you are right, mate. The kits were stunning. Mick, Ooh, go for it, yours. Well, I'm just going to, this is going to be, that was literally going to be my question from Dan. Is it Premier League only? Because I've got a few Doesn't have knots. to be. Doesn't have to be. I'm thinking, I'm thinking ghost, I'm thinking ghost goal, Luis Garcia. I'm thinking Danny Agger off a little well-work free kick at Anfield mm-hmm. in, the, 
in the I think it was the game where we beat them on pens with the cow penalties as the winner the year after, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, that was such a good day. It was boiling out. Uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, obviously, yeah, and then obviously what the fellas have just said, like the Torres, fucking hell, what what a goal that was! What a goal yeah. that was then, as Curtis Jones would say. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, Mick, you are right though. The goal score and the Aga thing is quite it's quite easy because of the the situation of it for surrounding the Champions League. But it, I tell you what, if we you know if we if we played this game, if we play Chelsea in the Champions League ever again, then yeah, fine. But I'll tell you what, just for this instance, let's keep it harder. Oh <laughs> wait, let's keep it in the Premier League. Go on, what's your best Premier League moment? Um, I mean, John Terry flipping's not a bad one. And letting Henderson one-on-one, one, that's pretty decent. Yeah, but the game was shit, mate, and we got beaten in the FA Cup final days earlier. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Defender Jordan Henderson loved seeing Henderson score, though. <laughs> so what, am I just keeping it Premier League then? Keep it Premier League, mate, keep it Premier League. Um. It's hard to look past the Torres thing as well, though, isn't it? Really, I think I think I would have to say that just for the the pure filth of that of that goal and just sending Benayim for an echo. That was just fucking unbelievable. It's through. Hmm? It's well, it's well. through as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was, it was great. what a great, great ball outside of the foot. That was just a sign of things to come, weren't it? That was like the catalyst for everything. That was was good about that Liverpool team started with that goal I think so that was just mm. a great moment there yeah Dan's just put a good one in as well before I do mine uh, the Torres double um, yeah. his first Anfield goals of the season absolutely it was um, I remember you know you, you wait for him for ages and two you come along at once and it was it was a really good game that that first header oh mate what a fucking goal that yeah. was it was brilliant love that um, for me though boys I'm, I'm looking at the Patrick Berger hat trick in '97, that's uh, that's one of my favourite memories of the Liverpool Chelsea game. He was actually good for two years, and that he got a double one season. He got Patrick the next season. That for me, that was really good with the Patrick Berger stuff. But I'm um, sorry, boys, but my best moment of Liverpool versus Chelsea, we picked that up an hour later. Oh, so yeah. for me, it's it's last year we we battered Chelsea five two five three. I think it was last season five three. And we picked up, you know, I'm watching that game with the boys who were going the match with. We fucking knew what was happening afterwards. We picked up the trophy. So if it wasn't Patrick Berger, it's his last season, boys, picking up that fucking glorious trophy. So, Or there's the, uh, I mean, to mention just one more, there's Stella putting it top in from like 30 yards out. Oh, yeah, of course. After getting all that Muslim stick off the Chelsea fans, the racist pricks. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. See, I, okay. I think when I think of Liverpool Chelsea, I think of away games more. Like the fucking Sheru winner. Uh, the dodgy one, yeah. yeah. Maxi Rodriguez getting a couple of bangers. Yeah. Alvarelli yeah. scoring. Yeah. Danny Sturridge getting an equaliser. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it, yeah. Fucking hell. There's so many. But like, look, we'll start doing this every game then, boys. Uh, every... Every game, we'll just look at whether it's the away form or the or the home one. We'll use that as a last question. Um, and pleased to see that people have come up with with ones that we haven't we haven't remembered either. So yeah, enjoyed that, boys. That was good. Some good going down memory lane. I feel you know like happy now. Fucking bring on the game. Wish the game was tonight. <laughs> Wish the game was in an hour. <laughs> Fucking bring it on. Right, boys. And any final remarks before we get out of here? And Jay can have some um, squirty fun with that trophy. <laughs> 
It's going to go into storage, isn't it, next season? <laughs> right, boys, nice one for joining us again. Nice one to Jay, Matt, and Tim. And then we'll just fly through some of these comments because you've been boss today. Let's have a look. So we've got Paul, nice one. Martin, as usual. We have got Gavin, nice one. We've got Dan. We have got Dev, as usual. Is he at every fucking time? What a legend he is then. Uh, we've got Ali. And we have got... We've got Paul. Paul's in there as well, isn't he? Maybe oh, yeah, 70 Paul. PD. There Mr. he is, Denison. Yeah. Mr. Dennison, thanks there for the is. question as well. Yeah, so have a look at the beginning of the video, obviously, if you want to check out that little bit. But yeah, boys, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back tomorrow at... What time will we be back tomorrow? Quarter past seven. We'll be back tomorrow for the team news reaction. And then all our dreams or hopes will be dashed with our team news predictions will be really all wrong and it'll be something completely different. It might even be three five two. Three three seven or four four eight. I don't even know what it'll be. It could be anything, boys, but um, nice one again it definitely for won't be four four eight. Hey, <laughs> me and it can be anything I want it to be. <laughs> really right. nice one boys. Thanks everybody. Yeah, if you're watching on if you're watching on Twitter or Facebook, get your asses over to YouTube and then subscribe on there. I'll keep pushing That's this well. shit. I'm gonna keep pushing it. So uh, do it, and I'll I'll um I'll send you some sneaky goss on Tiago. He texted me the other day, so uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs>